Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, there it is, baby. Back at it again. It's another edition of the Rick and Joe NFL Draft Show. Welcome in. It's our 2019 NFL Scouting Combine Preview Offense Edition. We'll break it all down for you, position by position. Who's going to steal the show? Who's going to light up Indy? Who are some guys to keep an eye on that might surprise? As well as some guys who need a big performance to solidify their draft stock. Who will rise? Who will fall? Who will surprise? Along with a few combine snubs, we'll have all that and more. Of course, I am your host, RIC, and a place to be. Rick Saratella, telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft since 2002. It's what we do, along with my co-host, Joe Everett, who will join me here in just a second. We'll have all the indie preview for you on your hands. And uh, quickly, I want to let everybody know, it's back. The NFL Draft Bible publication is back. That's right. We've partnered up with the NFL Draft Scout to deliver the most comprehensive, in-depth draft guide available. Uh, We'll have that bad boy ready for you to download mid-March. And it'll have all the official combine numbers. It'll have dozens and dozens and dozens of interviews from my uh, journeys on the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, East-West Shrine Game, Senior Bowl, and then, of course, the NFL Scouting Combine. We'll have loads of interviews from uh, players, coaches, exclusive one-on-ones, over 400 scouting reports. We'll have 1,000-plus players ranked. What's even cool that, you know, I don't think other draft guides are really doing like this is we'll have the top 250 seniors for next year along with the top 100 underclassmen as well for the 2020 NFL draft in Vegas. But in the meantime, or should I say in between time, it's all eyes on Nashville uh, for the 2019 NFL draft. And to discuss it all, we welcome in the man of the show always banging them and bopping them with the hardcore draft analysis, never leaving a stone unturned. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Hear himself to break it all down for you. Joe, what's shaking, baby? 62 days away from Nashville, man. I can't believe it. Uh, Combine's right around the corner. Uh, It is officially draft season. It is, indeed. And, you know, uh, we'll have our prediction for the fastest 40 something we always have fun with here on the show. Those of you who have tuned in throughout the years, we'll save that prediction for later on. Joe, let's dive into the positional previews. Uh, Of course, you know, quarterbacks is where it all begins. And um, like every year, we'll be invited to sit in on the QB throwing session. So we'll have our uh, combine confidential reports up on the NFL draft scout.com throughout the week. But, you know, going into, um, going into the events here, uh, who? Let's talk about this. Who do you think is going to steal the show? First off, well, I think the sleeper of it has got to be Tyree Jackson. I mean, the big tall drink from Buffalo. He's going to be giving out tickets to the gun show, and I, I know his placement can struggle at times, and you, especially with these like skeletons. There's no uh, DBs out there to play the ball. So uh, 
that, that might be suspect, but I think just a lot of teams, what they're there is to get that live look exactly. What does it look like coming off his hand? How is he spinning it? Uh, and physically, how is his lower half looking? I think uh, this event's probably going to be pretty good for Tyree. Just, this is what we want is that apples to apples comparison and by comparison to some of these shorties out there. I mean, if he's right next to McSorley and uh, Jackson's uh, got the howitzer, it's like, wow, okay, NFL quarterback, which one of these doesn't fit? It's McSorley. So I, I think this event for a guy like Jackson's good. Um, I'm surprised. I guess uh, we just found out Haskins. He's going to put it out there, and uh, where his placement and touch is, uh, it, it's a big deal for him. I think the the pressure's kind of on a guy like right now, you know, vying for QB one. Uh, he's going to be under the microscope. So on the converse, uh, you know, uh, we'll see how Haskins reacts to that pressure. We'll see if Murray even froze at all. Uh, I, just how weird that kid's been through this whole process. I think the reports are it, he will not he will not work out, Joe. Right? Yeah, I just. I'm not surprised, you know, that's, um, I'd be surprised if he weighs in uh, or if he runs. I mean, that's just, um, well, you're hearing, weird you're hearing that his father yeah. is like, you know, along the lines of a LeVar ball, even worse. We've heard that report. I mean, how concerned would you be from a NFL decision-making standpoint now? Uh, if that's the case, does that have any impact on your selection? if I'm interested in, at all in the first place from on the field. But, yeah, if you're a GM trying to give him a shot, uh, I, he better have some real solid answers in the interview. And if he doesn't interview, then he's for another team. Because uh, I agree, the misgivings I've got about the father, the situation, it's like the father's trying to make him into exactly what he was as a cross-sport type players so I'm uh yeah very leery of Murray and uh just what he's doing with this whole uh act to me it's just he's seeking the highest dollar like, I'm going to get my money what I can in the NFL that doesn't pan out baseball's always going to be in the background for me so uh yeah if I was running a team that's how I'd be looking at him it's like yeah he's just seeking the dollar and I'm gonna let another team go ahead and uh make him happy interesting you know we saw Lamar Jackson maybe cost himself a, a few bucks in the pocket there with his mom representing him and, and using his mom as an agent. We heard teams, you know, uh, complain about, you know, not being able to get in contact and, and meet with him leading up to the draft. And, you know, maybe he goes a little bit earlier um, with some better representation there. So that's something to keep an eye on. I don't know, Joe. I agree with you on Tyree Jackson. I think he's a guy that can come in kind of steal the show um event is built for a guy like drew lock and you know even though i don't i don't think i personally would invest a first round pick in drew lock i get why uh evaluators and guys such as john elway are are in armored uh with the arm talent and i think you know this this stage this platform is really made for a guy like that, and you know, as you know, it only takes one, one owner, one decision maker, one GM to fall in love with that arm. And I think that's what the combine is here for Drew Locke. And I, I think this is tailor made for a guy like that to take full advantage of the opportunity. Oh no, he could go out there and throw some darts, and he could do well in, in this underwear Olympic style. And I'm warming up to Locke. I think. Uh, 
Exactly like you said. It's it, it may be one or two or three teams that are eyeing him in, in that first, and and one of them pulls the trigger. So I, I I'm warming up to him and Daniel Jones. I think both those guys they they're going to fit into day one somehow. But I think of uh, another quarterback that an event like this made for uh, Locke should look good here, uh, and just like a I put it on him earlier. I mean, it's uh, Haskins kind of has to look good here. Uh, it, it's going to be bad on him if he doesn't, and then Stidham as well. I, the, the Auburn kid has to kind of do what he's done uh, all season. Like, he's basically made for that, uh, what he did at the Senior Bowl. He's kind of kind of repeat that and improve, uh, if anything. But one quarterback I'm definitely going to have my eyes on is Easton Stick. A guy I'm not sure should be there, man. Uh, he kind of let folks mm-hmm. know with the uh, East-West, and um, I think they got a preview of that. This could go even worse. Um, a, a guy I'm just like I could uh, name a few other quarterbacks I'd, I'd, I'd rather see get the opportunity. Uh, but uh, if Stick goes out there, who are those and puts guys? Who are those man, guys, Joe? Put them out there. Let's see. who are those combine snobs you got there? Give me Taryn Christian. Give me the South Dakota State kid. I know yep. he can spin it. I've seen him throw. I, I'd love to see him at this event. I'd like to see Dungey from Syracuse. Uh, I think athletically he's the guy that just uh, could do a, a number of different things. And then I've always liked the McMarion kid from Fresno State. I know uh, no one liked him at East-West, so I'm probably mm. eating crow already on that. But definitely the two, uh, Dungey and I just always liked that Christian kid from uh, the Jackrabbits. Uh, just too many big games where he showed up. Uh, I always thought just he had the chance. It, he deserves to get a shot at some of these all-star events, and that's the one that was pulling my hair out. I'm like, I, I guess I'm the only one that sees it from him. Uh, well, me and well, Christian Shanafelt, uh love that kid. <laughs> well, it's like you're reading the notes off my page here because, uh, you know, I agree with you. The guys I'm surprised to see in attendance that I don't, think deserve to be there i have easton stick as one trace mcsorley is the other for me i just you know complete jag in my opinion uh great collegiate quarterback just don't see it at the next level and taron christian is a guy that i believe should be in indianapolis uh based on his performance at the nfl pa collegiate ball i'm not so sure how much stock that carries with the decision makers there at the uh, NFL, but Jalen McClendon was a guy I was, I'm just so intrigued by. Uh, played for Matt Rule this past season, you know, backed up Jacoby Brissett, then was stuck behind Ryan Finley, transferred to Baylor this past year, kind of got into camp late and, and, and learning the playbook and all that, you know, started sporadically, but just a, a guy with a great size, great arm strength, uh, mobility, uh, great athlete, going to test well. Um, I would have loved to have seen him and what he could do. And even David Blau, you talk about the East-West Shrine game. Uh, yeah, you know, McMarion was not that great. Easton Stick was even worse. Uh, David Blau, I hate to tell you, was the best quarterback in attendance there at the East-West Shrine game. I thought he was more deserving than some of those other guys. But uh, one last note I will say. Daniel Jones, who you mentioned you're coming around on, Joe, to me I have tremendous concerns about his velocity, and I think they've started incorporating some of that uh, uh, speed velocity on the throws there in Indianapolis. I think that could be very damaging for him. In fact, regardless of what his miles per hour is coming off the the flick of the wrist there, I I think that – is going to be the difference maker uh, with Daniel Jones at the next level. And while he'll struggle – 
to make that transition. Um, just not impressed with the arm velocity of a Daniel Jones. Now, that's quarterbacks. We've got to shift gears to running backs. And if you're just tuning in, listen, we're the Rodney Dangerfield of podcasts. Wherever you're tuning in, whether it's the NFL Draft Scout or iTunes or SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio, please subscribe it, like it, share it, care it. We appreciate you. Um, also, the NFL Draft Bible publication now available on NFLDraftScout.com. Big news today. My number one running back, Joe, Devin Singletary from FAU. Um, I think this guy is the top numero uno, in my opinion, and we'll talk about the Alabama running backs. But for me, the guy who's going to steal the show, in my opinion, and a candidate for Fastest 40, who will will throw out our nominees at the end of the show. But Daryl Henderson from Memphis, I think this guy, um, kind of in the Kareem Hunt mold of a runner that, you know, I think he's going to come in in Indianapolis, maybe run a sub 4-4 and suddenly, you know, put himself in the conversation as an early day two candidate, to say the least. Uh, Your thoughts and who are you looking at? Oh, I like that Henderson style, and uh, if he runs sub four or five for the type of back he is, that is going to boost his stock. Um, even if he runs low four fives, I like him because uh, he's just a, a. But I don't know, shades of Dalvin Cook, but type type of back well, he is. Saying, but I would say, wager. No, he's saying he's gonna. He's saying he's gonna run in the four threes. Well, then that's that's just going to be freakish uh, from from what I saw the game footage from Memphis, but. If he runs four threes, then uh, his teammate Tony Pollard going to run four two. Uh, I've, I've got money. Pollard <laughs> runs faster than Henderson. That's uh, just oh, uh, my, my like bet that. on that. And I, I just like Pollard. Uh, you know, you don't return seven kickoffs for a touchdown by accident. That's an NCAA record. Uh, the speed's obviously there. I'm not convinced he gets to second to third as fast as I'd like, but when he kicks it into high gear, I mean, there's steam flying off that guy's helmet. Um, for the running backs, I like him. And then uh, the Travion Williams, Texas A&M, I'm not in love with the player as much, but, man, his third gear's legit. I, I don't like his vision. He can struggle with timing. Like, he just doesn't know, like, when exactly to turn it on. But if it's an open, clear lane and, and he gets the long pedal down, man, uh, I think he's fastest 40 for the running backs. Uh, he really can fly. If, if he doesn't run a 4-4 something, I'd be shocked. And he's a guy I think is a candidate for sub 4-4. Uh, and then Justice Hill. Oklahoma State, I think he's a blazer, too. Uh, more so just for, like, you know, his size and length. Um, he could be sub 4-5. And then just in general, Rodney Anderson, this is huge for him this week, where he's at with his neck, his leg. Mm-hmm. The medical is, is immense for Rodney Anderson. That's why he's here predominantly. And then teams talking to him, uh, just where he's at. And then where he tests is huge, too. Uh, I, I'm like, that's just a big kid. And if he runs a 4-5-something, which is advertised, like he is a, a freak type of athlete. So uh, I think that's what we're expecting. And then the last one I want to see where he's at is Allie Madison, Boise State. I just think he's a sleeper in this class. Not enough people talking about him. But uh, when you watch him, he's the opposite of Travion Williams. He has the vision. I mean, just he sees plays develop so well and uh, understands right when to just uh, press it and 
turn it on. I think his sense of play development at Madison, um, I hope he tests well because that's a back I really am uh, taking a shine into. The more and more I watch him, it's just like, well, that's a pro back. He looked better than Jay Ajay to me, and maybe I'm crazy on that one. But uh, Madison I like. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very fast class as far as guys that are going to be in the sporty and um, – yeah, I'm betting on uh, Travion Williams, Texas A&M, just of the running backs here. I think he's going to be vying for the, the top 40. Okay, very good stuff there, Joe. And uh, who was the guy you mentioned before, Madison? So many good nuggets there. I'm, I'm having trouble oh, keeping Justice up with Justice Hill you. and Rodney. Rodney, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know where you stand First round talent, but for me, I can't start thinking about them until day three just because you know, three season ending injuries. I mean, to me, uh, I, I just can't even think about a guy like that until round four. No, I, he's kind of ruled himself out. It's just so checkered. But, uh, geez, if he could play 16 games, you, you know you got a player. <laughs> Well, you know, he could be the next Terrell Davis because that was the knock on Terrell Davis. TD coming out of Georgia never could stay healthy. Um, you know, a guy I, I would definitely, you know, hedge my bet to say he's going to have a better pro career than he did collegiate career. So it's interesting. Guys like him and, and Bryce Love that, you know, again, I, I hate to say it, but it, it's just the reason why the running back position is devalued because – hey, you're telling me I can get Bryce Love, Rodney uh, Anderson, uh, you know, the guy that you mentioned, Tony Pollard, who's also on my list. Hey, James Williams, what about that guy? I mean, Joe, this guy has 154 catches the last two. He had 83 receptions this past season. Uh, You know, that's another guy no one's talking about as well. And we didn't even get to some of the snubs. I mean, we, we talked about it off the air. Alex Barnes of Kansas State. I don't even know why what he's doing, uh, invited to this event. But to me, to not have a guy like Ty Johnson from Maryland, um, a straight burner, a guy, a three-down back, uh, yeah, maybe you know the, the the shenanigans there in Maryland this past season, they just didn't know how to use this kid properly. But you know, to me, Ty Johnson. I think is going to be the steal of day three. Our guys, West Hills from Slippery Rock, why is he not invited to Indianapolis, Joe? I just don't understand it. Um, and, you know, even a Divine Ozigbo, you know, who who stood out at the East-West Shrine game, you could state a case he should be there over Alex Barnes. But um, just a couple snubs there for me. Uh, I don't know if you have any additional thoughts on the running back, if not – we can move on to wide receivers, but you know, to me, Joe, I would not touch any of these guys on day one personally. Um, to me, I, I just don't see a running back worthy enough coming off the board before day two. And 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 did we did we miss the memo here? Did we not get the memo that Josh Jacobs was a better pro prospect than Damian Harris? Did did we not receive the memo that everybody else got? I, I want to see some pass blocking reps, some run blocking reps back to back. My money's still on Damian. Uh, that guy's so physical, and yeah, I'm, I, I definitely did not get the memo, but I'm with you on waiting on backs, man. There's just too many examples. C.J. Anderson in the playoffs gave us the prime example of you could just get a back. And uh, Wes Hills, 
I think he's that that injury in the senior bowl, he was running hot in the very first quarter and something with his ankle and he left the game, did not return. So maybe, maybe that's the injury situation with him, but I'm with you on Ty Johnson. That's my biggest running back snub outside of the Utah state kid. I think Ty Johnson, Maryland would have killed it. And then Darwin Thompson, Utah state should be here. That guy can fly. Uh, I, I thought his test results, that's one. I hate it when you you know you got a player and, and, and they could definitely kill some of these drills and they don't even get the chance. So that one, uh, yeah. I think really it uh, stings more so than anything. But I'm with, with – West Hill should be here. I'm assuming it's just he can't compete because of this injury. But I think he put enough on tape at these all-star events that uh, he proves he's a draftable player. Well. We shall see. I hope so. It's a deep class and uh, a lot of good running backs. So we'll see how that shakes out. Now, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here, breaking it down. NFL Scouting Combine Preview 2019 Offense Edition. Uh, we ran through the quarterbacks and running backs, Joe, on to the next skill position, which is wide receiver. And, you know, we talked about some candidates there in the running back class. I think the step up in speed here is even greater. We got some real burners in this year's wide receiver crop. The only downside is the biggest burner not going to run that uh, Marquise Brown's Liz Frank. So we won't get to see him, but uh, there's some that uh, plenty of speed left over. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want, I can't pick the fastest 40. That's my problem. Cause I got three guys. I need to consult the, the horse race betting extraordinaire, Rick Saratella is my uh, <laughs> super trifecta. On or something, well, it's but I got I got three guys listed here too. So <laughs> let's see if they match up. <laughs> uh, money says we have the same two. Uh, Paris Campbell, Ohio State. I think yep. he's one of the favorites right now uh, for fastest forward. He's just such an athletic background, and th- there's just too much on his footage where you're like, yeah, that's the fastest guy on the field, and this is friggin' mm-hmm. Ohio State versus Michigan. Nothing but no athletes, doubt. and Paris Campbell is flying. Uh, and then level. Nico Hardman. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. And then the Georgia kid, Hardman, there's just too much buzz, and he's just a great kick returner. He's going to be a slot specialist. And then the Toledo kid, Deontay Johnson. Uh, just go watch the Miami-Florida game. Uh, I think he got close to 200 all-purpose. Uh, most of it was receiving two touchdowns. Uh, he burned that secondary. Now, granted, they had some issues back there this year still. Uh, Johnson, I'd be shocked if he didn't do a sub 4-4-40. Uh, those, those three receivers right now, I think, are um, they're probably licking their chops. My guess is they're working out right now going like, man, if I could just shave a, a few more tenths off, I could <laughs> I could be right there with Johnny Ross. Owning that island, right? <laughs> well, you know, those are some legit candidates. I'll throw out a couple other guys, Joe. I mean, listen, I'm still holding on to the great white hope, Andy Isabella. I mean, 60-meter oh, yeah. record holder here. I think he's got a shot. And I think, you know, all the guys you mentioned, this Deontay Johnson's creating a, a little bit of a, of a buzz for him here leading up to the draft. But I think all the guys you mentioned – have a chance to run in the 4-3 range. And I think Isabella is a candidate to run sub 4-4. Um, the other guy I'll throw out there, Gregory Dortch from Wake Forest, the redshirt sophomore, another one of these return extraordinaire guys that just kind of, you know, flying under the radar, maybe because he's a redshirt sophomore, maybe, you know, because Wake Forest isn't the greatest football program. But I think this is a guy that can really 
enhance his draft stock and, 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 and create a little bit of a buzz for himself as well. Um, you know, a couple guys, I was surprised to see the Syracuse kid there, Custis, Jamal Custis. And then I know we, we spoke about this on the senior bowl, uh, show Jalen Smith from Louisville. I mean, I think you might've said it, Jeff. He was, if he was in mobile, heck, if I knew it, I I didn't know it, but, uh, those were two guys I was surprised I missed it. to see on the list. And, and, uh, I don't know about you, but I I know you've got your finger to the pulse pretty good on some of these wide receiver prospects in terms in terms of snubs. Uh, but I, I feel like this is a pretty deep wide receiver class, and I think there's going to be a lot of talent on day three, even uh, with the depth of this wideout class. Oh no, it's uh, I think it's it's not loaded with the headliners this year, but like you mentioned, day three the the PFAs are going to be money, I think, in this class. Uh, the the guys like Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, where our Sega white side ends up. And then the snubs, man. Penny Hart, Georgia State. I'm, I'm, my, my table's yeah. broken. I've been banging it so hard for this kid. The, uh, the, the kid, he would have ran extremely well, too. That's another frustrating one. But um, I think he's... He's got to lead a lot of people's snub list, but my biggest one still is Anthony Ratliff Williams, uh, North Carolina. Uh, he's legit. Sure. He's a four-down player. Uh, another guy, kick return experience. Um, uh, that one pulling my hair out on, and I think we all know why Preston Williams isn't here. Uh, still, athletically, he's a baller. He, heck, he may not be getting drafted, but uh, eventually he's going to find his way on a roster. I don't think there's a doubt. And then my last snubs. Jalen Guyton, North Texas. I think background again might uh, knock him out of the combine, but I, I know Guyton can ball. There's, there's just not a doubt in my mind. It's just, uh, it is so deep. I think this, the, the, the kids we just mentioned. That's why they're suffering from uh, just uh, so many receivers, like 30 plus every year getting drafted. And uh, there's a really good group of uh, 40. I think in this group they have a shot. So um, I want to see Antoine Wesley, Texas Tech, though. That's my kid. Uh, I, I'm, I'm fully wearing the, the Red Raiders shirt this year for him. Um, uh, show me him in the gauntlet drill. I cannot wait to see what he's got because, like, he has the super glue uh, hands and fingers. Uh, I, I want to see it come to fruition uh, at the combine. And then the other one, we're hearing some big rumors about how Nikhil Harry uh, changed training staffs. He's not looking good in the in the his workouts at all. So I hope hmm. that's not true. Uh, but we'll find that you know the proof will be in the pudding soon enough. But um, yeah, I've, I've, everything I've heard from his teammates, his coaches, is that he's ripped up like Superman. He hits the weight room hard and just goes to work every day. So this is kind of in contrast from everything I've read on him. So uh, I'm really curious to see what the real story is in Indy. Hmm. Interesting. Smokescreen city. That's at the time of year. So uh, some interesting stuff there from Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here. You know, if, if your tables are broken from the penny heart, man, I hate to see the walls in your house for the, you know, pounding of the the walls for Anton Wesley. Cause I know that's your guy too. <laughs> um <laughs> So, you know, listen, uh, I'm excited for this wide receiver group. We shall see how it all shakes out. Just for the record, Joe, uh, for me, despite the Liz Frank injury, I still think Hollywood is the top wide out in this class. And, you know, uh, Metcalf is 
you know, DK Metcalf is just such a roll of the dice. Obviously, we won't have that medical report from Indianapolis, but just in terms of pure talent to me, Metcalf would be number two. And then, you know, Harry, A.J. Brown, I think you could flip a coin there, who you like, flavor of the week. But, you know, your personal rankings, how does it shake out? Right now, I'm begrudgingly putting Marquise Brown there with the injury because I agree with the, we've seen too much proof that he is just a blazer. I think he's also got a nice combination of just the ball skills, the bloodlines. I'm very confident in taking Brown. I, I think he'd come back from that injury. And also just his background, what he's gone through to ball, like the, the community college, like he really has – put himself through the ringer to to make it to this point. So uh, that's a kid that uh, I've got a lot of confidence in. So he's number one, but right behind him, number two, and a reason why I'm not outside of, I don't have another receiver in day one. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting till after the first round and then taking Antoine Wesley. Uh, I've seen uh, enough of this kid. I'm convinced uh, hmm. personal rankings. Wow. He's my number two right now. Never um, mind the walls. Just, the roof has come off the building. <laughs> We got there's no wallpaper in here anymore. <laughs> it's a plywood shack, but it's red and black. Texas Tech red. Oh, but, uh, no, no I, I just think the kid profiles like a number one, and uh, with the ball skills he has, that's uh, that's the guy I'd make a case for on day two. But I'm with you right now. It's Hollywood Brown day one, and then a, a bunch of day two guys to where. Uh, A.J. Brown, Kelvin Harmon, Nikhil Harry, if you want to flip a coin, I'll let you flip a coin, and maybe I'll take Debo Samuel after all of them are gone. You know, I've <laughs> just, um, I think there's going to be so many good values at the very end of day two in round three. And then if, if you don't like that, that's, uh, bring me Terry McLaurin. Uh, if he lasts till day oh, yeah. three, I think the team's just going to get away with murder. Yeah, I mean, that would be a steal for sure. Um well, we spent uh, a good amount of deal on the wide receivers, Joe. To me, uh, shifting over to tight ends, TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. Listen, they got two players. How rare is that? Uh, two tight ends on the same team that could possibly go in the first round. But to me, Hawkinson is one of the better tight ends that I've evaluated over the last decade. Tell me why I'm wrong. Now, you're right, especially with the track record they got, with how well Kittle's done. He's uh, told the coaches said he's just as good, if not better, a prospect as, as Kittle, especially at blocking. So you're getting a traditional Y end, and you know the uh, ball skills and, and receiving game are there. I, I don't know if I remember a good combo tight end like this. Uh, in, I mean, I might have to go back to Heath Miller from Virginia. That uh, he's I have this uh, for me, Joe. He's top ten all day yeah. for me. Yeah, no, he's solid. And then the the other kid, he's probably going from the same school as going in the first round. And as far as the combine, though, I think Fant, he's uh, this this event's ripped exactly tailor made for him. You know, he's going to oh, be yeah. out there in tights, looking like Hercules. Uh, he's going to run like a wide receiver because that's basically what he plays his foe wide out uh, for him. But I, I think yeah, he's going to shine. Uh, my boy. Alize Mac, uh, Alize, whatever he changes, Jones. He'll change his last <laughs> right. name again, I'm sure. But athletically, he's a very nice profile. And then I'm just uh, it's a little fishy about Dawson Knox, Ole Miss. I know he's going to show up and do real well because athletically, like that. There's I'm reading tons of great stuff about his testing, but 
that lack of productivity is just uh, maddening to me. In that offense that's getting numbers, how he couldn't get a sniff, um, I just heart people don't get carried away with his workout numbers because that's all he'll have to stand on at the end of things. I mean, right up until the draft, he has done nothing on the field, really. So that's one I've got a problem with. Like, I'm sure it's all well and good that he's going to look great, but, man, I I just don't get it on Dawson Knox. Well, for me, the big one is Zach Gentry, you know, uh, from Michigan, and I get it, the intrigue, the the six-foot-eight, the height. Probably want to get a good look at him uh, there in India, I think he's had some injuries too, so I get it. But man, I would have much rather seen a guy uh, from your neck of the woods, Brandon Dillon from Marion. I mean, this guy, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Talk about under the radar. He was out at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, just flattening dudes. I don't think he'll have a a, a great forty-yard dash time at his at his pro day, but man, he he definitely flattened uh, John Battle from LSU in the open field. I mean, Battle came up to make the wrap-up tackle, and, and, and Dylan just gave him the big John stud, you know, kind of forearm <laughs> shiver and just flattened that dude, uh, you know, on his way to like an additional 10-yard pickup. And to me, that was the defining moment for him, you know, just kind of proving that the, the level of competition, you know, just wasn't too great for him. And, he just had a great week of practice, and, and uh, I love his ability to just kind of, you know, block and catch, and he'll he's a guy that can chip and then, you know, go find the open seam and, and get open and, and make a big play. Um, so Brandon Dillon, I just, you know, that's my two seconds of shine on him. He won't be in Indianapolis, but uh, Drew Sample will. And that's a guy, you know, I think uh, just like his former teammate who came out Last year, two years ago, I think he's very similar to that tight end. And I think Drew Sample, just like uh, Noah Fant, will have a, a, a pretty solid career day. Um, I'm pretty confident Foster Moreau from LSU will have another good workout. Uh, and then this kid, Kali Waring from San Diego State, very raw, played, you know, he was over there. He was the goalie over at the water polo team in high school, and football coach found him. And, um, very limited playing experience, but just a body beautiful uh, athlete, you know, huge upside. I don't know if he gets drafted, but developmental guy. I think he has a combine invite. And then uh, Trevin Wesco, Joe, I'm curious to get your take on him. Is he a tight end? Is he an H-back? Is he a fullback? Is he just a 280-pound <laughs> bowling ball uh, that you find a use for? But I'm just really intrigued to see what he can bring to the table. I think he's going to do well, too. Uh, just, you know, meeting with the guy, I mean, he has just got muscles on muscles. So I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this event should go well for him. He, the bench press should go exceedingly well, I'm guessing. But uh, more so than anything, the ball skills are there, the versatility. Uh, I think he kind of does profile as the H-back, but he could play into whatever just with how well he moves with all that weight. I'm probably most high, though, on Sample, who you brought up, that did double Disley. That's what he is. Uh, he and Will Disley actually very good yeah. friends. I found out in the interview, and uh, they they play almost like identical man. Uh, and much like Hawkinson, I, I think teams are going to like 
sample because they've got confidence in his ability to put his hand in the dirt and get in line and block somebody as opposed to some of these other guys like uh, Alizé Mack, like a Fant, uh, Sternberger, there's so much, Dax Raymond, there's a lot of those guys that I don't know if they're going to get their nose dirty in the running game, whereas, you know, uh, Sweeney from Boston College, uh, Sample, Hawkinson, those guys I have confidence in that they're ready to go when it's time to get the short yardage and, and act as a faux lineman. Uh, they'll, they'll be much more comfortable, and that's what, definitely what I got from Sample. Uh, seems like uh, teams also take a shine to him. I had to wait to, quite a while to talk to the kid, but uh, definitely still <laughs> yeah. my uh, um, combine snub, Brandon Dillon. Uh, just so excited to see uh, what happens for him because it's clear he's a player. He is so this year's Adam Shaheen. Uh, I think that uh, some people may be surprised when he gets drafted. It's uh, it, it ain't going to be a surprise to this camp over here. Uh, biggest snub, and then I'd say low-key snub, Colt Herdman, the Purdue tight end. I thought it at least uh, get an invite, but uh, it's overall a tight end. I thought it was a really good group. It, I had to search more so for snubs from this position group as opposed to the others. Yeah, no doubt. Love Loving the tight end class, and uh... – you know, we got a few minutes to mess around with the offensive line, Joe. And, you know, listen, uh, nobody's going to steal the thunder here. You know, uh, there was a Syracuse center from a few years back that had an outstanding pro day. But nobody here that's going to really uh, create a huge, huge buzz. I mean, to me, the guys, I think Bradbury has a chance to kind of stake his claim to the to the best center, you know, with his athleticism and quickness. Uh, Froholt from Arkansas, I think he, you know, he's going to test like a Greek god uh, with his 40 and bench press and, and athletic measurables. And then uh, Risner, you know, while, you know, he is limited in, in some aspects of his game, I think uh, Dalton Risner is a guy who's just athletic and agile and quick. And I think he's going to, um, you know, kind of make himself a little bit of money in Indy. Who are some guys – here that you think will rise and slide on the first day of measurements we're going to make money and lose money uh, jonah williams how long are them arms that's what everybody wants are you a tackle or a guard is what we'll find out from just the measurement day uh, i think he's uh, curious uh, wisconsin's david edwards arm length gonna be curious uh risner you just brought his arm length will be very debated uh but then yeah, I, I I think Bradbury, the former tight end recruit, he's he's gonna steal the show. Andre Dillard from Washington State. Uh, I can't wait for my boy Wesley in the gauntlet. Well, bring me the mirror drill and Andre Dillard. I I think some people get annoyed with that. I I freaking love the mirror drill. I think Dillard, he's gonna show up with those feet, the sewing machine toes, and pitter pat. Uh, that's gonna make him some money. Uh, same thing goes with Chuma Adoga. Who, uh, both these guys from the Senior Bowl, I think they're going to transition that event into the combine and just uh, keep it going. The the run is well and alive for Adoga, and uh, I think he's going to run well, but more so than anything, the just read and react skills and those drills, uh, stopping and starting, changing directions. Uh, I think that kid from USC right now is cementing his status as a top 50 pick because uh, not only how well he did at the All-Star event against the other ones, but uh, he, he's very athletic. I mean, this guy's pretty much the pedigree. So uh, he and Dillard, and then uh, the underclassman from Penn State, Connor McGovern, 
that's just a big cat, man. I like what I saw in the footage. Uh, huge body, and, and, and just, it really destroys dudes. So I think uh, he crushes the bench press. He's got those short little stubby arms. Uh, he's probably going to rack up at least 40 is my guess. And um, how well he looks in those mirrors, I want to see. Um, he's just such a good-looking, big, ugly guy. I, I, I like him. He's like a poor man's. Quentin Nelson is, is what he strikes me as, but I hate to say it, man, the, the, the measurements, it, it, it's, it's everything for some of these guys. And then uh, I'll throw my uh, snub real quick before I, I forget. Blake Hans from Northwestern. I am the only one that gets it. He started at left tackle since day one of his college career and hadn't left there, but for one year where he played a little bit of guard, he's been as dependable as it gets. He's answered the bell every friggin' time. Uh, he should be at the combine. He should be on everybody's rankings. He should be your best friend, but he's not. So uh, I don't understand it. Blake Hans, Northwestern. You all look at the footage and please send me an email. Send me a tweet. This is Joe. You're crazy. You're huffing paint chips again, and you just don't get it. Anytime, anywhere, any place. We got it. Uh, right. That's Joe Everett. <laughs> Banging them and bopping them with the tidbits. I mean, some guys real quick on the offensive side here. You know, Titus Howard from Alabama State, I'm I'm looking forward to him. I think Caleb McGarry from Washington is a guy that's going to be impressive. Trey Pipkins from Sioux Falls, glad to see he got the invite because I thought he was the best offensive lineman at the East-West Shrine game. Uh, William Sweet, we talked about the UNC wide receiver, Joe, maybe just lost in translation of all the scandalous uh, corruption and, and suspensions in North Carolina. William Sweet, to me, is a guy that should be a early to mid-round selection. I think he'll work his way up the uh, media draft board anyway after the combine. I think he's already up there on NFL, the, you know, the 32 big boards that count. And then Joshua Miles from Morgan State, another intriguing prospect. The one guy I'll put on your radar not in attendance in Indianapolis is Marquez Tucker from Southern Utah. Another one of these guys, uh, kind of like Phil Hayes from Wake Forest, where you know he, he picked up football his senior year of high school, very limited um, playing time, very limited experience, but a guy with huge, huge upside, athleticism, size, a lean frame, um, those are the offensive linemen. We're uh, recapping the 2019 NFL Scouting Combine exclusive, exclusive, exclusive on-location coverage access of the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis will be all up on the NFLDraftScout.com. We are commercial-free here on the Joe and Rick Show, uh, so we appreciate everybody tuning in. All the people who help support the show, uh, Joe, will be back with a defensive combine preview show uh, podcast before I I land in Indianapolis, your backyard. And, of course, man, it's uh, probably my favorite time of the year uh, coming out to Indy and, and uh, hitting up the, you know, my final night in town. You know, you're 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 wondering why uh, the Northwestern kid ain't there. I'm wondering why people don't go to the Slippery Noodle more in Indianapolis. Hey. But I know <laughs> we'll be there <laughs> the last night. Tweet up. It to the live Tweet up. <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> but uh, any parting shots for the people before we wrap it up? Oh, just one more sleeper. You know, just another theme that Rick said about waiting for running backs. Miles Sanders, Penn State, 
five-star recruit out of high school. Hard to imagine this guy's a sleeper, but he could show up and put some numbers in, and that's another running back you could wait on. I think uh, more so than anything, trust the tape is what you got to do with the, the combine. It's all well and good to get these numbers, and we're going to hear a ton of hyperbole, pontification on these test results, but uh, it's a cold field out there, and they're wearing tights, and ain't no one getting hit. So just... You know, apples for apples, all well and good, but let's trust the footage that we believe in. Let's trust the evals we gave before March arrived is what I'd uh, definitely want to say. When you catch them in the streets, show them the respect it deserves next week in Indianapolis. That's Joe Everett for Rick Saratella here. Keep it locked, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe, share it, and we'll be back at it again with a bigger, better, best show. Our next one will be the best. I promise you. Till the next time, everybody.